What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and this week we're going to look into the heart of men and see what evil lurks there. I'm joined by Matt once again. How you doing, Matt? You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm all pumped. I'm sort of uh, the ghost that walks. You know, I'm feeling. I'm feeling the power of ten men. Um, we this week we're going to round out our pulp hero sort of uh, '90s film uh, retrospective with 1994's The Shadow uh, and 1997's uh, The Phantom. Um, and I've got fond memories of one of these. And less so of the other. <laughs> However, having watched them both this time, I'm going to admit it up front. I quite enjoyed these. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed one of these. Did you? I, I, I'm I, I, I can't. I don't know which. I don't know which at this point. Because um, they're both very very silly. Yeah. Uh, one more so than the other. But um, well, let's let's start with the shadow. So, wait, what do you know of the shadow? And I mean, do you remember this film? Uh, yeah, I do remember it. Um, I, I have sort of vivid memories of that terrifying knife that mm. really scared me as a kid. Like I, 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 I couldn't remember. Like, I couldn't remember anything else from the film other than that horrible knife. So the the one that the uh, the sort of the Khan has. The... Yeah, so it's like a little face and with massive teeth, and it bites him. It, it, all it reminded me of was I don't know if you've seen it. But there's a film called Young Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's a, there's a section in that film where they sort of you know people start to hallucinate things, and just seeing that the blade sort of like you know make it with the little blade face on the handle moving yeah. and stuff just reminded me of that. Um, okay, so yeah, so the Shadow from 1994. It, it, I remember this coming out. Um, I was I was sort of early teens so i remember it sort of being quite a uh um, a popular film and um it, it being a bit of a thing because obviously we'd wait we were waiting for batman we had batman returns we we're waiting on yeah. the next one um so th- this was th- i think that's what this was trying to do was trying to fill that gap wasn't it yeah I mean, um, you can tell it's it's like it almost stinks of batman i know that's like something we said about a couple of the others it, this is, yeah this one is probably Probably the closest to it, I would say. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing. We're almost like, you know, we're five years away from uh, the first Batman film and sort of uh, two from Batman Returns. But it, like that Tim Burton-esque sort of pulp styling is, is so, like you say, it just hangs over everything, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really, really distinct. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Alec Baldwin in this is... Basically playing Bruce Wayne, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think I think it also says a lot about sort of about Batman as a character, and because mm. it it's not necessarily that far from the source material, is it? 
No, no, it's not. Well, actually, um, um, the the scene on the bridge, you know, when he ch- he saves the guys. He got the gangsters are sort of like um, they're going to try the. You know, they've got him in like a, a, literally got him in a concrete block, and they're going to throw him off the bridge into the river. Um, and then the shadow sort of comes in and sort of does that thing. You know, he b- beats all the guys off yeah. and all that sort of. That that is directly from the first pulp novel uh, of the Shadow. Right. That's cool. I liked that bit. Mm. That's about the only thing that comes from the novel, so that's why it sort of works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a good. It's a good. That's it. It opens on that scene, doesn't it? Yes. So sort of pretty much. I mean, you, the, the first scene is actually you get almost like a little flashback, don't you? Of of. Um, oh yeah. Alec Baldwin in. Um, it, grubby Alex Alec Baldwin in in some uh, distant like, Nepal or something like that. Yeah, it's, I'm not really sure. It's very, it's weird, isn't it? Like his whole backstory is very strange. Well, it's never really explained. It's sort of no. alluded to, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think know, it almost it relies on you understanding it before you go in. It feels like. I, I would agree. I, I agree. I think there's almost like you need some pre-knowledge to understand who this character is. Like, so the guy's called, you know, so Alec Baldwin plays uh, the shadow, but also like the his alter ego is um, Lamont Cranston. Um, and the, the shadow. I'll give you a bit of history. The shadow's got a weird back backlog because um, in the pulp novels. Very much so. Lamont Cranston is the alter ego. They sort of simplified it. Yeah. But in the original, in the original uh, radio story, uh, when he finally got his, his, he finally got his own show. Because originally he was just a narrator for another crime series. Um, it um, he was Kent Allard, uh, Kent Allard, uh, Kent Allard, and he was a sort of a fighter pilot from World War One, who had sort of for whatever purposes ends ends up in the in the Far East and. You know, it becomes corrupted, and Lamont Cranston is just one of the names he uses when he's back in New York, and then obviously right. becomes the Shadow. So there's a whole host of stuff that sort of sits behind it, and they've, yeah. they've simplified it even further for the film, really. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's got it's weird because I've I think I've read I've read a couple of the um, the comics for it, mm. uh, more recent ones. Well, well, I say more recent ones. Uh, I've read the Garth Ennis run and. Um, the first Howard Chaykin mm. run, um, both quite different. Yes, but I still didn't feel like it. Like it always feels like I don't really know what what's going on. Like I don't really know the actual story. And this film was kind of similar. No, it's true. I mean, like you know, in you know when you look back at some of the other films we've watched like the 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 setup is incredibly simple like yeah. you know with with batman you get all that information about his childhood and everything's like literally the sort of the point of the film dick tracy is just dick tracy um in like dark man you see his origin the rocketeer you get his origin uh, with this it's just sort of constantly alluded to but yeah. never really um really spelt out is it i mean you get a flash of him as a soldier sort of like covered yeah. in blood and, and sort of stuff but other than that even then he's wearing like some sort of imperial chinese armor and he's got like yeah a massive like spear that he's attacking people with so still you don't feel like you're like what what is going on 
No, I almost feel like this is one of the first times in you know where they've gone. You know what? We'll cover that in the sequel. Like, yeah, yeah we'll drop hints and we'll cover it in the sequel. And there was never going to be one. I think it um, you never feel like you don't get like it, it. You still feel like you know where his powers come from and stuff like that. They covered that quite well. Yes, um, it's just the whole sort of the fact that it shows you being him being evil and stuff like that. That's where you're a bit like I don't understand. What? Why that is? I, I have a vague idea. You have enough of an idea to get on with sort of the story, yeah, but not enough to you know establish it. Well, well one of the things I find that's weird about this film that is um, that, like I say, the one thing they do establish is he's become the shadow. He's been given these powers of you know the the the, the ability to shadow men's minds and stuff. Um, you know, been taught these things and then basically told that this is a story of redemption. Like you are going to go out and save, you know, uh, and be a good man and use these powers for good to make up for all the sort of evil that you've done for this seven year period, this decade of decadence that you've had. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to go off and, and do this. Um, and then at one point in the film, like he literally says, um, you know, oh, I, I, I do this to sort of keep the darkness in check. And it's sort of like you're being told that, but at no point does he come across as a sort of like, yeah, I'm a really troubled person. He's just yeah. sort of like, no, I'm happy go lucky Alec Baldwin as always. <laughs> yeah, I think I suppose when he's when he's fighting crime, that's when it's a mm. bit darker. Um, him as a character, but they never really. It's another another thing that you kind of like. I don't understand why they did that. Is the changing of his face when he becomes the shadow. Well, this is yeah. This is where the the casting of Alec Baldwin is both fun and a problem, because ever since the thirties, when they sort of the pulp novels were coming out, you know, they had those. Um, you, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen them. Like, you know, the the covers of these pulp things are really yeah, lurid yeah. and they're really colourful and that sort of thing. And the shadow, um, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was an artist who was uh, the, the Street and Smith was the company who sort of published these things. And they basically sort of get this artist and were like, look, here's the book, give us a cover. You know, just do it the, yeah, you've got a yeah. week or, or whatever, just bang out a cover. And that was this guy's job. And he would do it, and they're great covers. And he sort of invented the look of the shadow. So the things like the hat has always been there, but you had the red scarf around yeah. his mouth. That that was all part and parcel of the, of the cover. That didn't get mentioned. I mean, it, you know, it really only gets mentioned in the stories later because of these covers. Um, and so they invented this very distinct look and it had like the hooked nose, the piercing yeah. eyes, the, the, the slender face um, and all that. And you go, so that's the shadow. That's so when he's drawn, I don't know if you thought if you've, you know, having read the comics when he is just Lamont Cranston, like he's still got that slender face, hooked yeah, nose and all that sort of toned down. Yeah. But in this, it's like, it's, it goes from being Alec Baldwin to some sort of like, Unfortunately, I watch this on Blu-ray. Um, the pro- and the prosthetics don't hold up to high no, definition. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there, there would have been better people, I think, to hire to play well, the I shadow. Think it's one of them things where I, I feel like they they should have just ditched that. So you just give him the scarf, give him the hat. Mm. You don't you don't need the nose. You know, like it doesn't matter that it's not like you. you You'd be fine. You'd get it. You'd watch it, and you'd be like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah. You know, if you can believe that Superman can take his glasses off, 
and yeah, and you can believe that he can wear a scarf around his face and you know he doesn't have to look people different. won't recognize him exactly yeah. yeah i mean i think you could have even done it with a touch of makeup you know sort of like make his eyes look a bit deeper or yeah. whatever like there'd be ways and means i mean it comes back to what uh, i watched um Actually, it comes up in the film we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about next, but the thing, obviously, in Batman Returns, when um, you know you got Batman with his cowl on and his dark eyes, and then he pulls his cowl off, and you're thinking, <laughs> yeah. "What did you did you wash your face? Because your eyes are back to normal. I'm sure you were just wearing like you know, yeah, yeah." Black stuff on your head. Um, well, they do. That it's the same thing. Them. It's the same in uh, yeah. It's in the Dark Knight. He does it as well. Really? And it's like obvious that his eyes have got black makeup on. Mm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But like I say it does. Although that doesn't work well, that transformation. I agree. If they'd have just left it with Alec Baldwin wearing the scarf, I think it would have worked perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, think he was I mean, cool. I do I like liked his voice for it and stuff. Yeah, well, he does. Yeah, because he, he it hears him doing the voice. I mean, I quite like it when he he goes to. Um, the Cobalt Club, which is, you know, all these things are basically from the original books and stuff. Uh, he goes to the Cobalt Club and he, you know, he meets his uncle and he, he meets Margot Lane. But when he's sort of like, you find out his, his, his uncle is sort of like in the police or quite a senior in the police. And he sort of basically does a Jedi mind trick on him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that bit I liked because yeah. they sort of like, you know, he, he leans back and they have the sort of shadow, shadow and his eyes go like, yeah, and his eyes go all glassy and stuff. Like it looked great. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's cool. That's what you should be doing for the with the the mask and stuff, not the silly rubber nose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, you know, it. You're right. The story isn't wholly clear, and I do have um, the two things I say is first, the, the plot isn't wholly clear, and his powers aren't wholly clear. Like you, you demonstrated them, but at no point is it fully explained. No, um, you just kind of you told he learnt them. Yeah. Well, more than that, you're never entirely sure what his powers are because they seem to change a little bit. Like at one point at the beginning, like that's the great scene on the bridge. Like he's always like invisible. Yeah. And then later on, he literally peels out of a wall from a shadow, and I'm like, that's cool. But, but why yeah. was he just invisible like he was before? Is he a shadow, or yeah, is he like Peter Pan's shadow, or is he just yeah. invisible? So there are moments of inconsistency with his powers, which is a little disappointing. But um, there's there's just something about this film I really do enjoy. I mean, the I characters are silly as well. So this um, is the one. This is the one I enjoyed um, of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird because that I knew when I was watching it, I was like, this is not very good. But for some reason, I really I, I, I like after finishing it, I went away. And read some Shadow. Uh, I listened to some mm. of the old radio episodes. Which, oh, did you? Yeah, which are great. Orson well. Welles. Orson Welles, his voice and that laugh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, it, yeah, they are really, are really good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the cast in this is pretty good as well. That's the thing that so I find I enjoy about it. I mean, you've got, you know... Um, he play. I mean, the villain in this is a guy called Shiwan uh, Khan, who's is an I don't know the guy called John Lone, but the others you've got like Penelope Ann Miller, you've got Peter Doyle, Ian McKellen, um, yeah. and then you've just and, and then you've got like Tim Curry, yeah, he's wonderful like, Tim Curry, pops, yeah, him. yeah, and then you've also got like James Hong, who um, I know from sort of like Big Trouble in Little China and stuff, and it's just one of those films where you're like, I know him, I know him, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, 
It's like the um, who's who of the 90s. Yeah. Um, and Peter Boyle is sort of like the cabbie and stuff. Um, yeah, that, I mean, is, is, that's cool. It's really good. Yeah, so it's got the right tone. It's almost like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, but, like, it's almost like Alec Baldwin as the and the shadows, the character sort of like it's almost like the Adam West thing, isn't it? Like Alec Baldwin in the shadow is the straight man. Like for him, yeah, all this is serious and dead, you know it goes on and on. For everybody else, it's a little bit tongue in cheek. Whether a bit like you do know this is nonsense, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I kind of enjoy that um, that there is that sort of because uh, again the guy who I really like, uh, Jonathan Winters, who plays his uncle, um. The sort of the older sort of like chubby yeah. guy and stuff. I've seen I've seen him in a hundred things again, like you say. <laughs> and he, I just like his sort of uh, the way he approaches things. You know, in his the way he just is in this film is is just he's just a very welcome presence. Yeah, and um, I think it's good because it's not like you know if you look back to before you've got like Dick Tracy, where it just seemed mm. like the the actors were almost given too much uh, in the way of liberties. And yeah. kind of hammed it up a little bit, like like overdoing it. But it's also, it's I don't know. It's not. It's like it's just stupid enough. Like it, it doesn't. Yes. It doesn't annoy you. It doesn't get to a point where you're like, oh, this is just what is going on. It, it's tight enough to be like keep you going through it. Well, it's one of those tight. There is. There's, there's moments in this that you say that are really cool. Like you get the bit on the bridge. Uh, I think I think that the fight in the laboratory later on, where he's sort of dipping out the shadows, yeah, yeah. is really cool. Um, whenever he's the shadow, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the only thing that sort of like it, it doesn't bother me because I, I just go along with it because it's just silly enough. Is the villain in this? Yeah. Uh, the Khan, <laughs> who you know he he's I think in a slightly different film, um, yeah, but he's clearly having a bizarre. That is a bizarre choice. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like you're supposed to be the, the descendant of Genghis Khan and all this other stuff, and you're like, okay, that's cool, and he's got similar powers, and yeah. it's sort of like, you know, he's a nemesis. And um, he's obviously proud of this sort of like, um, you know, a Khan, a Genghis Khan sort of heritage. What I can't get past is this is obviously set in the 30s New York, uh, and he, he clads all of his sort of his henchmen. He's got all these sort of like, you know, Chinese or sort of Tibetan henchmen or whatever, Nepalese henchmen, but they're all dressed as like Genghis Khan soldiers, just kicking yeah. around the streets. Just standard marching along. <laughs> yeah. no, one, no one bats an eyelid either. Just like, <laughs> That's what, you know what what I mean? I, the, the bit I love is one of them starts following uh, Lamont <laughs> Craniston and he's like, he's, he's like trying to pretend like he's being nonchalant and trying to hide in corners. I'm like, Dude, you're wearing, you're literally wearing medieval armor. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just, that's, and those are the moments that I like. That's pure Batman 66. Mm. Like, is it supposed to be funny? I'm not, I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the, there's bits like that where I'm like, I'm not sure if they, yeah. is this supposed to be as funny as it is? But it, it is good. Um, I think it's hilarious like the as well that um, the, the villain wears clothes that match his floor. Just to yeah, perfect those aerial <laughs> scenes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's really sort of like that's that's taking it to the next level. Yeah, that sort of like, just uh, in case anyone looks at me from above, I want to match. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like top level feng shui. That yeah. is. That's. Uh... <laughs> but it, I mean, yeah, the film is ridiculous. But like you say, um, it works on like a really 
it is literally like this is what a pulp should be. It really yeah. works on a pulpy level because, I mean, you know, like some of the silliness of you know uh, when he first goes after um, uh, Tim Curry's professor um, Claymore, what it was called. He goes into that the ball thing, doesn't it? And it fills yeah. full of water. You know, he he locks him in. It's filling full of water, and it, it, it's ridiculous. But it feels like you say like that Batman sixty six moment, sort of like you know, same shadow yeah. time, same shadow channel. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, and it's it's fun adventure. Isn't yeah, it? that's sort of where it where it lands for yeah, me. Yeah, it is. It's a really fun adventure. And I, I, what I find the most funny is that the Ian McKellen, who are, you know, obviously everyone got to know more so probably like six years later with, at least in nerd culture, with sort of like playing Magneto and then he was Gandalf. So to most people, he's this sort of like stately Shakespearean actor, you know, with this sort of like deep, you know, sort of elderly statesman of, of acting. And in this, I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, he he's really just bobbing along on this film. Like... Yeah, like, he. I don't think she, like clearly the stage work wasn't paying at this point. <laughs> but it's all it's like quite fun to see him in it as mm. well. well. Is he's just enjoyable to watch? Well, that's the thing. I would the one thing I would say in this film is like no one, no one's particularly bad. They're just so, sort of in some cases just sort of doing their own thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I even think the shadow as a character, has got, you know, has got an interesting setup. But you know, you've had like um, others are sort of the lone vigilante, like you know, like Batman. We've had as the lone vigilante, and and you know, obviously we've watched like Dark Man, who's a similar sort of in a similar vein. Even like Dick Tracy, like he works in the police, but he's meant to be like a one man band, you know, sort of thing. But but yeah, I like the fact that in this, the shadow c- collects, if anything. Um, a yeah. series of helpers and you know they all got given a you know a lovely ring um and <laughs> um and, and the, you know he calls on them and he does actually utilize them so the, that opening scene pays off later um because that guy yeah. is called upon so I, I do like that element that you know he knows he can't do it's it. a cool yeah and it's you know the rings and stuff it's quite interesting and then you see someone like you see a detective with a ring on later and you're like oh i flipping it yeah like, it does there's another one it, yeah um <laughs> One thing I would say is that what that I watching this, I was I'd forgotten, and I was like, I'm going che- to check something. So I check the guy who directed this, Russell um, Mulcahy or Mulcahy, he directed Highlander. Ah, right. Um, the first Highlander and the second one, but let's not talk about that. But he directed the first one, <laughs> and obviously, like there was something in it. I'm like that that sort of ex. I, I can see that there's a similar tone there. Yeah, sort of. There's a there's a there's a daft tone to a serious product. Yeah, like you know, it's like it's supposed to be taken completely straight, but we all know this is a bit silly, so we're not gonna, you know, kill us. You know, we're not gonna go mad over it. Yeah. Um, like you know, yeah, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a Queen soundtrack, and we're gonna have a Scotsman playing <laughs> a sort of four hundred year old Spaniard who was raised in Egypt. You know what I mean? It's like we know it's silly, but you're gonna love it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's just fun adventure. Yeah, just go um, on with it. You'll be happy. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, so I was, I was, I really did enjoy this film. I, I've got it on Blu-ray. I've got the special edition. It's, it's a really good film. Yeah, um, it's and like you say. So, would you recommend it? Like if people sort of, you know, for these pulpy films. I think this is one of the ones I'd recommend. Yeah, I think, um, I, like, with most of them, I would, you know, 
you'd always say like if you're into that kind of thing like if you're not into like if you only you know if you take your movies very seriously or whatever you might struggle yeah. a little bit but there's i think there's plenty to find in it and it you know it looks nice it feels fun it's so and as well like it is in a in a weird way even though it said like it feels just like it's ripping off the batman movies mm. i think the shadow as a character is original and there's yes. original aspects to it so you can get something from it and enjoy it it's definitely uh, it was up there as one of the best we've we've watched. I think like after Rocketeer, this was this was. I'd favorite. agree with that. I definitely agree with that. It was just one of those ones I thought was quite good fun. That was yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. Um, it, yeah, one of the key things I would say is like I say this this has got you know not prestige. It's got it's got a history. Um, and then I'd say um, you said about this looks good, and that, I think that's really important that. This has got some like the costuming's good, the sets look really good. Yeah, um, you know they've gone out of their way, sort of like you know when they do the street scenes, they've got the, the sort of the vintage cars, and it all looks of a piece. Like it look, you know, um, where I think sort of some of the others, especially um, Dick Tracy, went for a very specific look. Yeah, um, and it was just I, I don't I don't feel like it really landed anything no Tracy. it was kind of in the middle of too many things yeah but by trying to keep this authentic much like you say about the rocketeer um i think this film um you i i could imagine you know i could imagine the rocketeer landing in this new york you know yes. and yeah yeah working alongside this shadow or the shadow you know i think as we said sort of in, in, the shadow does turn up sort of in the uh, uh the the rocketeer um, original story, yeah. In, in the in, um, in the stories, he does, yeah, yeah. And so I can imagine sort of Alec Baldwin turning up in a Rocketeer sequel, you know, around around this time, sort yeah. of to, to give some information or something to uh, you know um, a young Cliff. So yeah, I think I think it's good. I think it's, it's well worth checking out. And Alec Baldwin, um, question for you actually: Do you think Alec Baldwin would have been a good Batman? Uh, yeah, I mean, after watching this. I think before I'd have been like uh, I'm not sure, but he does make he does make a good like especially in his youth, mm. he makes a really good Lamont Cranston, and he's got enough like edge on him, hasn't he? To to sort of yeah, uh, I don't know. Look, he's got the he, he's a good looking guy. He's got that sort of sense of charm. He's got a charm, hasn't he? So he can yeah. be sort of like dis- disarming and charming, but also. You do feel like you say there, there could be a little bit of an edge to him, so you can do the brooding thing pretty well as well. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, think he would have been. I mean, when good. you look at like some of the people that did play Batman, it seems like it, you know he definitely could have done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he did a better job than Clooney. I mean, that's yeah. You know, but that's that's not really saying a great deal. No. Let's be honest. <laughs> um. So that that's the shadow. So you know that's uh, like you both said. I think we both enjoyed this one. It's, yeah. it's worth a find. It's worth checking out. Uh, but we jump forward a couple of years, and the sort of um, you would have thought by nineteen ninety seven, the sort of sheen would have started to come off. I suppose. Yeah. Idea. When was Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin is ninety seven, same year. So yeah, so, so this is Batman, yeah, Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever is ninety five, and then Batman and Robin's ninety seven. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, ninety-seven kills. You know, say kill almost killed the Batman franchise, yeah. and definitely kills the pulp hero sort of thing. Yeah, uh, because we get Billy Zane as the Phantom. Yeah, in um, uh, <sighs> I, I'm gonna be honest here. I did have fun with this film. I, I I struggled with this one. I, like I wanted to like it, and there's bits of it yeah. that I did like. Um, but I think by the end, I was very much like I, I'm done with this now. Yeah, uh, like yeah. like the Phantom, mm. the main character. Obviously, the Phantom is different generations. This one is a blithering idiot. I don't know how he gets any. <laughs> he just like he just. He's got a grin and nothing else. He's like, "Hi, I'm the Phantom," and then somehow gets. Yeah, to that's it. Like, yeah, it, he is. It, when you watch the first sort of ten minutes of this film, um, f- you know, and f- first I would say that he's meant to be. Um, he's quite young, you know. He's, he's it's a youngish Billy Zane. He's only been the Phantom for so long. I think was it seven years, six years, yeah. or something. And so he obviously left when his dad died because he is haunted by the ghost of his dad. Um, his dad's clearly in his sixties. Like, how old was he when he, he was the Phantom? Like, and it's not even like he's. Uh, you you see, like you know Sylvester Stallone or even like Harrison Ford, and these are guys that are all elderly and in, like, looking like you know they look better now in their sixties, seventies, and eighties than yeah. I do now. You know they do. They're amazing. And I'm looking at this guy who's playing his dad. And I'm like, there's no way you were swimming yeah, through trees. Edward Longshanks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit weird to begin with, but the first part of the film is supposed to show you how good this person is at doing their job. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of what they're supposed to do. You know, think, and especially if you're thinking about these sort of these adventure films, think Rage of the Lost Ark or even The Shadow. That thing of like how he saves that person. Yeah, yeah. The Phantom fails. <laughs> yeah, like, and, but he, I don't know how, like, he continues to fail and fail and fail until he just seems to get lucky at the end. Yeah, like, he does a lot of, like, acrobatics and stuff, and some of it looks kind of cool. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, I'll say, for the most part, um, it's it's a bit... Do you know what? He like, is, it's like, he is Hong Kong Fui, and he's got... <laughs> He's got a flipping a a dog and a horse that do all his work for him, and then he takes the praise at the end. That dog, that's the thing I should say. So he's got a dog and a horse. If this was a Disney film, they would like you know they'd be like say his Disney sidekick. Yeah. There's a there's a great scene in this when he sort of um, I mean the plots in this is is a completely irrelevant like it's complete nonsense. Yeah. Um, about about three sort of like mystic skulls or four mystic skulls that have been collected. Um. And um, but there's a scene where he has to save um, Diane Palmer, who's sort of like his one of his lost loves, the one that got away, and all this other stuff. And he has to save her off a boat. And he get firstly he gets beaten up and saved by his wolf, <laughs> so he is he is flipping useless. Yeah. That's what but, I'm saying. What, his animals are amazing, but well, yeah, yeah, in the story, but on the film set, the when this as the scene pans out, like this wolf sort of has these guys pinned, doesn't it? And, <laughs> and they just don't move, and he's just stood there. Yeah, but then like yeah, it's it, it sort of like the the camera sort of like you know you have a cut 
of uh, these guys, and they're all like, oh my god, it's a wolf! And they're looking all panicked. And then it goes to the wolf, and it's basically just stood there licking its face. And yeah, it's, sort it's of not like... even like, it's not growling. No. It's just like, happily stood there. <laughs> yeah, and then and then when he calls it, it just sort of like, it doesn't even run, it wanders off, yeah. off set. And the next, <laughs> the next shot is it, yeah, and then the next like shot is it, is it, is it running off the boat? And you're like, another take would have probably sufficed at this point like you know yeah. just one more um but yeah it, it's it's a bit the, the thing with the thing is with the shadow uh, with the shadow is that sort of like it's got this eastern mysticism involved in it but it's not set in that in that era like, you know you you get yeah. you understand he's back in new york and this sort of thing with the phantom i couldn't get past this thing of like is this sort of like i, I couldn't get past it I, I'm not sure if this is racist or not. <laughs> yeah, I think like it's it's definitely it's now. Now it wouldn't be the way it is. Yeah, like the it's fact sort of that like, he, yeah. he should be black. Like there's no there's no question about that. Especially this many generations on, it's just like some white guy lands amongst uh, a black. I think is it in Africa? India, uh, North India. Oh right, okay. Well, they were all black, weren't they, at the start, the tribe? Yeah. Am I am I right with that, or am I being racist? No, no, it's it's no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, I I'm convinced that I don't know how they did because, like I say, they did look like um they would you like you'd expect sort of like North Central African or something. Yeah. And then and then all of a sudden, like years later, you know, cause it jumps because that set his great 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 granddad or whatever. Um, and then it comes to the, for- the future, like the pre- or the present, I should say. Oh, actually, it's not; it's the thirties. But and it's set in North. It's set in North India, and it's set during the reign of the British Empire. Like this is still the British running yeah. India. And so I'm like, um, I'm not sure how this works. Like it, it just feels off. Yeah, um, it's, it's weird, isn't it? I, I do th- like. It just seems unnecessary. Like you can have yeah. it without having that. I think, like, I suppose at the time it was written, it's you've got to take that into account. It seems like they've found a way to make the main character white. Yes, almost. Well, that's what they're doing with it. It's almost like the, it's almost the Tarzan effect, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, you know, and in, in when this comic was originally created, it was very much to do that. Like, right, we want an exotic pulp hero that's what we're looking for so that yeah. it, it fits that mold and for a comic made in the late 20s early 30s like fine you know yeah it's, it's of the time and as well like it's it is being it's not it's being pitched to a you know to a certain audience yeah so yeah but you're right when you say about that you know the, the phantom should be black i was just like that's that was instantly my thought i was like how many they they've worked incredibly hard to ensure yeah. that he stays this white? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It seems like weird that they're so intent on defending that because they they seem to spend their entire life outside of the cave, <laughs> the, the phantom cave. They go to go to America, go to school there to come back just to look after some schools. A small, a small part of of a jungle. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, like he says, we've we've uh, we've sworn vengeance on this this sort of this pirate community, and then you yeah. find out that this pirate this part you find out that this pirate community is literally living on the other side of the world, <laughs> <laughs> and at no point has any of the phantoms gone. I should I should probably go look for them. 
Yeah, uh, but I, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to stay here and defend this jungle. He just like it, it's absolute, it's absolute nonsense at times. It really um, is. And and I mean that whole scene at the end where they go to, uh, it's Stingy, isn't it? Shang Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Yes, uh, I'm gonna find him because he's, um, what's his name? Um, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pronounce it because I'll probably get it wrong. It's uh, <laughs> Kari Hiroki Tagawa. But I, yeah, I, I, he's I, aw- he's awesome. I love when yeah. he turns up. Um, but um, that whole scene. It, I really hated on this stupid fake studio pirate ship yeah. with yeah. with the, sh- the sharks really upset me. I just couldn't. <laughs> just like, All I think like, of- like watching the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or something like that. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. Not even like, the good one, like- like the version of no. Nathan Manor. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I could think of. Was like this looks like it either. Yeah, like it's a, it, they're, they're filming this on a on a roller on a ride set. Yeah, or. Or a set from Goonies was still available. Uh, <laughs> it looks, yeah, that bit is so funny. Um, it's almost got because the thing is, it has got a couple of actors in that I kind of like, and that's so I was I was looking forward to that. You got, yeah, um, you got the guy from Mortal Kombat who I do enjoy. You got James Remar, who um, I I always like when he turns up. He plays sort of like the main sort of like thug baddie who wears the sort of the leather trench coat. Yeah, um, and then you've got obviously Catherine Zeta Jones turns up. And um, I mean, her stunning. character could not. That was just yeah. What, her character. Ma- yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that there's 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 a moment in this film that I I literally had to rewind to double check to make sure I I, I hadn't misunderstood it. So they're in a car and uh, she's a baddie. So she's sort of she's part of these like sky pirates, um, of female sky pirates. Which to be fair is a really cool yeah like pulpy idea I'm like, oh this is awesome this band of female sky pirates wicked i'm gonna to get to see loads of this nope <laughs> no it doesn't even sit in a plane not once in the film nope, yeah not not any point do you see them as a band ever again no. just this one moment when, when they capture uh diane palmer and so i was like oh, okay that's disappointing and then when it happens like she, they're sort of taking her this this woman diana off to, to they've kidnapped her and they're trying to get away, and Diana sort of says, um, "You're missing out, or you're, there's something. You know, you're not happy." Da, da, da. It's, what are you supposed? What do you mean by this? You know what it means. <laughs> and then you do, you get this sort of like this worried sort of like pensive look on Catherine Zeta Jones, and I'm like, I don't know. Is there a cut scene? Is, like, is there something I don't know? Yeah, yeah. Because then all of a sudden they get on the plane and she's like, "No solidarity, sister." Yeah. And I'm like, "Sorry, I, I, I together." Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> like, yes. why has she changed her mind? Um, yeah, and then obviously she becomes a goodie at the moment on, on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, and like you say, the people that are the most effective in this like, are... Uh, the, the women in this are actually a lot more effective than the Phantom. Yeah. Um, I think anything, everyone it, in it is more effective than the Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think if they'd have been left to their own devices, if this had been a film with, with just sort of Catherine Zeta-Jones and Kirsty Swanson, Christy Swanson doing it, I think they'd have solved this in half an hour. Yeah, maybe if they had the horse as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that horse is fast. It is. It, yeah, like, I mean, it keeps up with planes. I was going to say yes, yeah, twice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's the thing that like, the cast are, uh, should be good, um, but but 
the film itself is hilariously sort of like I mean, silly. We've not mentioned the sort of the the villain of the film either. I was I was about to yes. So treat treat Williams as Xander Drax, and um, he he is he's in Batman and Robin. Like he's clearly in a yeah. different film. <laughs> I mean, what is going on with him? He's just like every time he reads a line. You can sort of sense that it wasn't written that way. Yeah. It's like you just read that completely wrong. It's almost like the director gives up with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like do what you want. I'm done. Yeah, treats treats do what you I can't stop him. He he watched Dick Tracy before he starts and he wants to be Al Pacino. That's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Well, it's the fact that like um there are, when if when if you, they first introduce him, um, you know he is playing it incredibly broad, isn't he? Like you know he's yeah. playing like a big character, but that doesn't happen straight away. Like he, the first scene of him introduced it is it a, like a, a a fundraiser sort of dinner party, and um, it's for sort of um, Diana Palmer's uh, uncle and you know this foundation, and he's told he's not wanted there, and he makes this sort of like veiled threat, and it's quite. Sinister. Yeah, that he's it, the character there that you would expect him to be. Yeah, like you know, he, he is. He's playing sort of like a businessman who sort of has a darker side and a bit, you know, dabbles in the, the in crime and stuff. And you think, oh, you know, he's going to be quite a sort of like, yeah, he's, that quite, must have he's been with it. His audition tape. That's yeah. That was day. That was day one. <laughs> done it. We're on. Then, yeah, and then someone said, "Have you seen? Have you seen Jack Nicholson's Joker? I think you should try some of that." <laughs> Because after that, it's a, yeah, it's a completely different character, um, and you know, I, I will admit there are logic holes in all of these films. You know, oh, yes, we pointed out a lot of them, but the, the the one in this that makes me laugh the most, and I, I was baffled by, and firstly, sort of like when you see a torture device or a, a weapon in in a film, right, and someone goes, "That looks cool," <laughs> I, my head still goes to the fact of like someone's had to sit design that and figure out how it works and then make it right yeah someone's had not just for the film but in the in the within the film in the the world of the film someone's had to do that and you go all right okay let's see what is that a good idea so you got in the shadow you had a mystic blade and you go well all right i can understand that in this you get a microscope with blades where the eye socket should be And he uses it. So he basically is looking the Treat William Xander Drax is looking for uh, some material about uh, the three these mystic skulls. And information has been leaking out to the police. So he calls in this librarian or a curator of a museum who's a who's a professor of literacy. That's what he says. You know, he's a professor yeah. of, of of ancient literature and all this other stuff. And then he says, Oh, but wait here, Professor, could you have a look at this through this magnifying glass or this this microscope at something I'm unsure of? And if if I was this professor, I'd be like, I couldn't help you. Yeah, that's sorry, not yeah. what I, I, that's not Never what I do. That game. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't. He looks in it, and you you know that there are two blades in it when he turns the thing to adjust, um, the, just the magnification. And when he does, he sees something that says liar, and the blades shoot out and pierce his eyes. <laughs> and I was just thinking, that's a that's such a big setup. That is, like, how much work has gone into that? Like, I know. And 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 what's so sad is that due to the 
the actor uh, to treat himself, mm. um, his performance takes away any cynicism, if that's a word, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. from his character. So he's always just happy. So when he does yeah, something he like is. that, yeah. it's undone. All that effort is undone. Well, the thing, I, the thing that's troubled me most about that scene, and it, the fact that this guy's never been, never been caught, shows how crap the police are in this place. Because he literally kills a senior professor of ancient literature from a museum. Yeah, that everyone that he had an appointment with, so everyone knows he was there. <laughs> and like, what what's he going to do with the body? <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, and, and when he like, he's always doing something like when he robs the museum. Yeah, he just, just walks, walks in, in there and he's like, yeah, we're going to do it now. After throwing a spear in that mafia guy's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, that's a really good point, actually. When they, break, when they break into the museum, they don't even break into the museum. He brazenly walks in yeah. and just take, and takes something. And then he's like, don't worry, folks, uh, museum security. And you're just sort of like, no one believes that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. The museum yeah. security is robbing the museum. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even 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 the hotel even the museum security seem to be like wow well, yeah seems legit I'll, I'll accept that I think I saw him on my last shift anyway so uh... yeah yeah isn't that Jeff yeah that's Jeff he's always doing this kind of thing yeah he's very smiley yeah yeah um yeah it's it's um the the, the good bits in this film are sort of like basically aren't the Phantom because um or even the baddie like it's so ridiculous and so silly yeah. Um, I think there's like uh, a certain design. I like. I liked the Phantom Cave, and and even though like I like, I I think the stuff that's good about it is probably the stuff that's good about the property. Yes, the Phantom itself, um, where you could go, you could go with that, but I don't know. It's like they just ruined it. They did. It it, it becomes like you know it. it it just becomes so silly, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's just sort of, um, there are moments in this film where you do think every now and then I'm like, Oh, this could get good. You know, like they do, there's some good stunt work. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some actually yeah, some yeah. really some, good stunt work. Good. I like that, that scene with the plane and the horse and stuff as daft as yeah. it, it, that's a good scene. Hmm. There is. There's some really good stunt work and stuff in this, and there's some good bits, and it looks beautiful, and some of the film locations are really nice. Um, but like I say, it just doesn't come together as a film. Um, and like I say, all I can think of, and the other thing I'd say is, I mean, the shadow. If you if we think back on these other characters that we've we've watched, you know, the Rocketeer, I think, look, is has got a pretty. His his costume looks uh, comic accurate, but it's very simple. You know, it's a yeah. flyboy outfit with a, with a rocket pack and a helmet. The, the shadow is again very simple. It's that sort of like that black silhouette with the cape and the the, the big hat and stuff, like easily done. Um, but even like Dick Tracy, like it sticks to the comics, but it sticks to the comics in its own in its own internal logic. So yeah. whilst it's it, it may not be great, everything is brightly coloured. So him walking around in a bright yellow raincoat. Fine, it sort of works in that world. Yeah. Even Darkman, you know, he's wearing rags and all this other stuff. Like, it's sort of, okay, I'll accept that for what it is. But for some reason in this, the costume, the Phantom's costume, I can't get past it. No, I know what you mean. It just feel like, what? first of all, what, why is he wearing it? 
<laughs> I don't understand why he's wearing a costume at all. Um, I mean, maybe if he wants to hide his identity, you know, some sort of mask, but it just doesn't fit anything. No, but it doesn't serve a purpose. And this is the, the the main problems I have with it. Like going back to the ones we just talked about, they all seem to work in their own internal logic. Like the Rocketeer is a flyboy. Fine. The Shadow is wearing a black loose coat that sort of loose hat and stuff that works for the 30s. Dick Trace is the same. You know, um, even like the Dark Man and stuff. But then when you look at this thing, why purple? Yeah. Like surely you'd want to wear like. Dark colours that so you can, or greens and things so you blend with the jungle. I know um, it's such a strange choice, and it, and he's got like weird, like like skull patterns on it, hasn't it? Yeah, as well, or like but, tribally patterns or something. It's just so, I yeah, I it's just it doesn't fit the environment in any way. Well, it doesn't fit the era, and it doesn't fit the environment. <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure sort of like screen printing wasn't that good in the 30s, <laughs> let alone in some sort of like, you know, dark, sort of dark jungle area of, of whether in North Africa or North India. Like it just feels so out of place. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, and, you know, and again, like you said, they have the daft thing at the end of the film where he, you know, having worn his mask and his helmet or whatever, he takes it off and his eyes are normal. Um, yeah. Not all blacked out, <laughs> and then he puts the helmet back on, and they're blacked out again. And it's it, just, like, yeah. it, it really does bother me. It does because it does remove you from it every time. You're like, oh well, we could see that he had like if they if he took it off and had makeup around his eyes, are you really going to be like, whoa, that looks ridiculous? Why would you take what? What are you doing? Yeah, that's it. You would. You'd be like, oh, well, I understand why because yeah. it helps because that the disguise. The, yeah, it makes total sense. Um. It, it's just, um, it, it's, it, yeah. I mean, the thing, maybe I, I enjoyed this film more, but almost as a sort of like a spoof. I think that's what I, I, I was taking it as. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, it's, it's laughable. Yeah. Um, I was chuckling along with a lot of it. And, I, and like I say, I don't think I was supposed to be. I think that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because there are there's so many moments where uh, you think oh, I think the cast think this is a comedy. Billy Zane's not sure. Well, but, um, uh, yeah, and I mean like Billy Zane, it is like for saying he went to school. You, his character yeah. is so dumb. It's like he's never yeah. seen anything in his life, but he's lived in America, but he still doesn't understand the concept of money. Yeah, that bit really annoyed me because like you say he's supposed to be college educated and then he gives that guy money and he's like oh yes that's so and so currency you know like, well yeah <laughs> you knew you were coming to america surely it's not hard to get some american dollars sort of sorted out yeah. and like you say he, give, he gives them that um uh the uh the jewels doesn't he and that sort of sets yeah. it up and then he's got um, this taxi driver for life yeah i'm trying who plays him is there anyone it's another one, guys. He, he just seemed to be in everything. There you go. I've just found it's called, his name was John um, Cappadoce, Cappadoce. He's very, he's one of those guys that like I say he was just in loads of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in this sort of late eighties and nineties, um, as a sort of like one of those minor actors. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's difficult to describe this film because I think it is. There's nothing to take from it either. You can't sort of go, yeah, there's a theme here about redemption or generational, you know, taking revenge. No, no there's not. 
because it's rubbish. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's a load of rubbish. It really is. It's just like, oh, okay, maybe uh, don't mess around on pirate rides. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that like the best bit in this film is, I think, although the sets are rubbish, is when they confront the 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 pirates and stuff. And some of the fun for me comes from that moment. Like, um, is um, he threatens treat Williams uh, Xander Drax threatens him with like a Tommy gun or something, and uh, your man from uh, uh, Mortal Kombat is sort of like he says something. He's like, "What does that mean?" He says, "Kill them with the cannon." And I'm just like, "That's funny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just still- blowing holes in them, doesn't he? Yeah, and I was like, this this bit's funny. Like this yeah. stuff is, is quite is quite entertaining. Um, <clears throat> but the rest even, of it, even like the way the Phantom wins, it's just like because he's got a ring on that he's been wearing the whole like because it's part of the Phantom uniform and he's just sort of realised what well, it is. Yeah, that bit that bit really bothered me because it is it's that sort of thing of um, all of a sudden it's declared that the, you don't need because the pirate that says it you don't need three rings you need four. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, no, I'd love it. It would have been so much better in this film if, like, you know, the Phantom's gone, I have the fourth ring and I've worn it all my yeah. life and it's this, it's this ring. If it hadn't have been that and he was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's just he too much of a coincidence. He was just yeah. the whole Like, that's everything he did was, like, pure luck. Yeah, but even if like his dad, because obviously you know he has the ghost of his dad sort of follows him around, who's literally the ghost who walks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if his dad had said to him at some point, like, "Don't forget to take your ring; it's the most important thing you have." Like some drop line or some emphasis yeah. to explain why it's important. But he's more focused like, on him getting married. Yeah, basically. The whole film is with him trying to get him to like ask uh, the the woman out in it. Yeah. No, I love. Yeah, that's the weird thing of this. Like this old guy, his dad's clearly spent decades dedicated to the cause. You know, doing whatever in the jungle and stuff. And then he's like, "Well, I'm dead now, so I haven't got to worry." So come on, I want to live vicariously through you, son. Come on, go go and find yourself a woman and just bang a senseless. That's what we're looking Maybe to it's do. It's a case of like he knows how terrible he is as the Phantom. So yeah, just hoping that the next generation will be better. Yeah, he's like, you've got to have a son because you're crap, and you're we need crap. to pass this on. As- we want yeah. it to be over as soon as possible. If we can pass this on as soon as possible, then all the better. Um. So yeah. So uh, there's not much more to say about the Phantom, to be no. perfectly honest. Um. It's it, it's not surprising that this is um not been released widely on Blu-ray or DVD. I had to rent it on uh, on Amazon. Um. And it's it's yeah. At one point, I was like, "Do I want to? Do would you know to, to sort of compl- a bit of a completion thing? Do I want to get this?" And much like I thought with Darkman, I was like, "No, no, I don't. That like I, yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I don't need this in my collection. It's not worth having." Um. So yeah, that's that, that's sort of like the shadow and the phantom. So we sort of we finished them out. But as a final point, I want to sort of ask. So let's let's order them. Really, I'm going to okay, drop yeah. that on you. So you got you got five. Film. So we started with Darkman, Dick Tracy, The Rocketeer, uh, The Shadow, and The Phantom. So, what's your order from best? Well, let's go from least to best, uh, least favorite to, to most favorite uh, of those five films. What are your thoughts? Um, it's difficult. The bottom, the bottom slot is the one I'm struggling with. 
<laughs> because it's somewhere I think probably the probably the worst was Dartman. Mm. Um but it's between that and the Phantom. Uh, just those two I just didn't really like. I suppose like you say, the Phantom you can kinda laugh at. Um whereas Dartman's just a bit draining. Uh, yes. Um but yeah, it's some probably Darkman, then the then the Phantom, then Dick Tracy. Yeah. Um because Dick Tracy had moments but was overall quite draining because mm. um, sort of mainly I think because of the acting and the bizarre face makeup put on people was very yeah. Um, then I would go the shadow and top rocketeer. Do you know? What? I think I'd agree. Totally. Yeah. I think it's it's true. I think Darkman um, has probably got the least num like the least amount of sort of like enjoyable moments where you can go that bit's good, that bit's good. Yeah. Like it veers all over the place. It makes little sense. It's sort <laughs> of um, it's 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 both wacky and dark but not in a good way like evil dead 2 is or something like that. it just can't seem yeah. to hit that bar. it's draining isn't it yeah it's hard work to get through it um and you know it's just not well thought out it was not a good film um and i i agree actually i think the phantom um is the next one up because it's it's just although i would say that for me dark man is a clear a clear bottom place it's then uh, the phantom and Dick Dick Tracy that's sort of fighting out a little bit. Right, yeah. That's um, fair to be like Dick Tracy was only I don't know, I, I think it just felt a bit more stable. I'd agree. I think the thing the thing I see is with the Phantom, like it's it's so it's so bad it's almost good. Um uh and you know, like say it's it's got some bits in it that are hilarious that it, unintentionally. Um yeah. and, and it's but it's but it's got some fun moments. The thing yeah. with it is, it's one of those films that keeps showing you potential. It keeps telling you something really cool and then pulling yeah. it away. So, you know, like we've got this, we've got an army of of um, sky female sky pirates. You're like, awesome. <laughs> we're going to see them. No, no oh, okay. Stars. We're gonna, yeah, <laughs> we've uh, we've got this guy sort of the phantom, the, the ghost who walks. Cool. Is he going to have some superhero powers? No, no. But he's got a purple nothing. suit. Yeah, but he's got a purple suit. Oh, cool! He's got a, he's got a, a wolf and a horse. Oh, great! Are we going to see them do something? Not not really. They're just sort of going to be there. Um, it just constantly does that, and you're sort of like, so it's just disappointment after disappointment. Yeah. Um, but Dick Tracy, sort of, what I will give to Dick Tracy is it go it swings for the fences. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those like it's a, it's a miss, but it's a big miss. Like you know, it really tried. Yeah, uh, and I've, I've almost got to applaud it for that. Where I'm like, well, and I, and I think there's a certain there's a certain thing with Dick Tracy where you can see, you can you can see the problems, and you can see that it could probably be, it could have been good. Yeah, it could have fixed things if they'd have done things different ways and changed this, tweet that. It could have been like quite good. Yeah, it's. I, I think if it, it's one of those things, it's neither one thing or the other. And if it had been, I don't know, a tad darker, kept kept all the sort of like you know uh, brightly coloured uh, primary colours and all that, even yeah. all the face makeup, everything, but gone really dark. 
I think it would be like a really bizarre, like cult classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone would be like, have you seen this like mad film? Sort of like, sort of day glow Sin City as we sort of, you know, as we thought. Or you go the other way and you do become an out and out kids film. Yeah. And you go the full slapstick and you do the whole thing. Like you've got to be one or the other and, and it doesn't really know what it wants to be. Um, but uh, I, I have to award just for, um, for me, Al Pacino, you know, just just being like let off a leash, and and also just for Dustin Hoffman, um, yeah, who as, as mumbles is still probably one of my favourite things in that film. Yeah, um, I think I feel like if they'd have, for me, the way if they'd if if it wasn't Warren Beatty cast as Dick Tracy, that would have been better. Mm. Um, and to be honest, if they'd have just if they'd have like been a bit more like reined Al Pacino in a little bit. Like just on some of those scenes, just yeah, yeah. Around, just tighten it up. It's fine being like that, but it's like he's there's parts where he's going on so much that you just like, why why is this still if this wasn't Al Pacino, this would be cut. Yeah, yeah. Well even that, it wouldn't have made it to the it wouldn't even have made it on set. Yeah. The director would have gone, no, 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 no. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. It's just like Al Pacino was, you know, his his absolute hero and he would have just yeah. he'd have just gone with anything. That's what it felt like a little bit. Well I think I think you're right, because I think when you look at the cast, like it, it's clear what he's doing, you know, like you say, he's he's got some heavy hitters in there, like and he, <clears throat> you've got like as we said, you keep seeing people that have appeared in like The Godfather or uh, Goodfellas and all this other stuff. So it's it's clear what Warren Beatty wants to do. Yeah. Um, if have you ever seen a film called Blue Velvet, David Lynch film? Um, I haven't. I know. I know the film. I haven't seen. All it. Right. So you you've got Anthony. Ho- no. Yeah. Um, no. Is it Anthony? No, Anthony Hopkins. Um, the other guy. The other crazy one. Um, but he plays a character now called Frank, who is clearly insane and sort of like you know at one point like he has. He sucks down oxygen and starts sort of like mumbling, sort of like "mummy, mummy," and it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and it, but he's like a really like you you get that he's really sinister, um, and I I almost think that uh, Dennis Hopper. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just to check Dennis oh, Hopper, yeah, yeah. And, and I almost think like again, if this had been if Dick Tracy had been darker and have gone all out, and you'd had like Al Pacino looking like he did, but tune up the scenery, but then being like really like insanely violent or yeah. you know like at one point just losing it and pummeling one of those dancers to death like i'd have been like yeah, right, yeah. This, is, this is fucked up but it's sort of like it's telling me something it's, it's doing something different like yeah I, I think i'd have been more into it well the thing is it's weird because it's like he's just copying off the joker which is as we said before yeah but like it like if he had it just copied off the joker it would have been better because he mm. went too far, which is not like Jack Nicholson doesn't do that. Well, weirdly, I think it's sort of like he went too far to be the Joker, but not far enough. Like if he was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just a bit further, I think it'd have been even better. Well, like, that's it. So been... cut, cut down, cut down on the extensive dialogue, and mm. then ramp up the the action. Yeah, like his yeah. actions. So yeah, so that's the problem. It's, it's, it's you know it's neither sort of one thing or the other. I think a little bit. So it, it falls in between that yeah. um, lost potential. Um, you're right about the sh- <clears throat> the shadow. Definitely comes in second. This is very close for me. The sort of first yeah. and second, but I really enjoy the shadow. I think I'll, it's one of those films I do go back to. 
and I do enjoy sort of what they do. But yeah, The Rocketeer is a clear winner. Um, yeah, it's just a good film. It, like it's it really is. The others all have like I would say with all of them, like if you're into that kind of stuff, you'd enjoy it. Whereas this, I just say yeah, yeah, it's a fun film. Like watch it. Yeah, like it's really it's on. You know, now it's on. You got if you've got Disney Plus, or you can find it on a couple of other things. Like yeah. track it down. It's actually really good. I mean, you can probably pick up on Blu-ray or DVD, pretty cheap. Um, uh, it's it's a good film. It's just a good fun sort of family adventure film. And, um, you know, the, the the cast are good. I I love Timothy Dalton in it. Um, you know, it, it plays to the era. It's it's now it's quality. Um, yeah. it's just so so tragic that this never got a proper sequel or a reboot. Really, yeah, it's just um, it's a shame that it just didn't it just didn't kick off uh, the way mm. the way they they hoped it would have done. It yeah, would be interesting I, to see which way it went. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a, it is because it, it they could have done so much more with it, and there's you know other adventures to have had, especially if it had gone like to war or done something else like this yeah. stuff they could have done. Um, the thing that was you know, and again, I I find that there's there's the potential there because in the film it, they have um, what was his name? The sort of the, he became the recluse and all that other stuff. Howard Hughes. Yes, you know, they have it. That, they have it that Howard Hughes. Um, developed the rocket didn't they because he was obviously he was an, yes. an aviator and all other stuff uh in the comic though it is doc savage yes, who invented yeah. the rocket um i reread it recently and i was like this is really good yeah. um <laughs> yeah i did does, as well after watching it yeah and so i was like actually this is really like if you were to do like we said i said uh, you know a, a, um, a, a shared pulp universe like you know th- this is your entry character this young yeah. whippersnapper who sort of like Ends up keeps crossing paths with these other, um, these other sort of established pulp heroes, um, which would have been really cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, the Rocketeer is great. It really is. Um, but yeah, that's it. So that's that's our sort of retrospective. So Matt, you know, I really appreciate. It. What what have been you have you enjoyed going back to these films? I should say. Yeah, I have. It was it was fun, like watching them through. I did. I literally watched them in the order I've ranked them. Um, mm. which is weird. I didn't intend to. Uh, I just watched him in like just watched. I watched. I watched this one, this one, this one, and just end, ended up being in that way. Um, so at first it was like, oh yeah, this is really fun. The last couple were a bit more draining, mm. um, and I was a bit like, oh, I, 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 I look forward to this ending now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was. It's you know, it's always fun to just like sit down and you watch a few things in this because you start you get a better idea of where they're all coming from. Mm. Um, especially because obviously, you know, you've like Batman. I, I know a lot about Batman, obviously through comic ties and whatnot anyway. Um, and the film, um, like yeah. I did my dissertation on the Batman movies. So I, I knew a lot about them already. So when you know that they are the sort of uh, the mold, the blueprint for mm. the rest of them, it gives you more of a, a clear understanding. And then it, you, I think you can get a, more of an appreciation for the Rocketeer because even though you get that uh, that pulp feeling which they've all got, which stems from the fact that Batman was so popular, the Rocketeer does its own thing and is not at all um, in the same vein. No, I, I agree completely. And that's probably why it sort of stands out against the others is because it is so different and it is so sort of... Um... 
you know, literally like night and day, isn't it? Really, sort yeah. of. Um, uh, in you know, it's, it's a Disney film, so it's got that sort of different tone. But yeah, no, I agree. You know, the each of these try something different. Um, um, some succeed, some fail, but I think the Rocketeer definitely sort of stands apart. Yeah. Um, and, and we kept this, and I, you know, we I kept this as sort of these five films because I sort of felt they were they encapsulated what we really wanted to cover, and I've really enjoyed watching them, but. It has sort of opened this thing up of like, oh, what were the other ones? What else was out there? And yeah, you know, people have sort of on online and stuff. Said, oh, you should you should have included like Zorro, yeah, uh, from well, we like, talked from about Zorro, yeah. Um, and then there's, there's been others. There's there's a 1986 film called Biggles, um, which I, I don't know if it's one of those films I'm aware of. I've got it on DVD, and um. It's it's you know who Biggles is, don't you? The sort of the World War One pilot, sort of based on like a British um, sort of serial from from the from the early twenties, I think. Right, I know. I've never I've never heard of him. Oh, okay, you've never heard of Biggles? Um, okay, well, Biggles Biggles is a pilot, and he has the. It's very British, and it's very sort of. Uh, he sort of has a chum called like L, you know, LG, and and all these other things. It's a bunch of, of pilots. Have you ever seen Blackadder Goes Forth, and you have Rick Mail as as the yes, pilot in that? Yeah. Think that, but less crude. That's sort of like oh, what it is. Yeah, um, and he, he obviously takes on like you know the Germans and, and sort of there's the Red Baron is his, his enemy and stuff. Um, and so this film though is about time travel. So this guy is sort of connected to Biggles through time, and he ends up sort of keep they keep traveling back and forth through time. It's really good fun. Yeah. Um, and so, so someone actually mentioned that to me sort of um, in passing, and others were like Bookaroo Bonsai, and. Um, what was the other one someone mentioned? Uh, uh, one I've got on Blu-ray it's called Jake Speed, which is sort of like a pastiche of all these sort of pulp heroes that came out in the eighties. Yeah, um, and so it's just this. People keep tapping into this thing, you know, this idea of these sort yeah, of like pulp yeah. heroes. Um, but like you say, that they're let so much lesser known. Of like, you know, say you've never heard of Biggles, and I'm sure there's like, there'll be because yeah. people listening to this have gone, yeah, I, I don't really know the Phantom other than. Wasn't he in Defenders of the Earth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Some of them, some of them, you just know, like the Phantom, you've just seen somewhere. Yeah. It's like just something you know, and you're not really sure why. But it, it, no. it things that pop up in throughout, you know, your life that you've seen somewhere, you're not really sure where. It might have been in some weird cartoon or some some like the back of a comic book that you read or. Mm. You know, obviously there are things for me, but you know, you you, you see them when you in passing. Well, you know, I think I'm, I'll, I'll lay that challenge to you because I think um, with Toon Gem, have you done Defenders of the Earth yet? Um, no, we've not done Defenders of the Earth. No, which was obviously what was it? it was uh, it was it was the Phantom, uh, Flash Gordon, uh, Mandrake the Magician, yeah. um, and, and their kids, which was weird. Um, but that I remember that being sort of quite a good cartoon. It probably wasn't, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Often is the case when you go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there was. I, I also remember a Phantom cartoon from the early 2000s, which had a really sort of like anime style uh, art uh, animation in it. These really like elongated characters, but it was he got pulled through time from the sort of 30s into the future, and it was like the Phantom, the Phantom 2099 kind of deal, <laughs> and then. Um, that looked great, but that was terrible as well. So, yeah, I mean, anything like that. I know for I don't know if they're still doing it. I, I'm guessing not because this was ages ago. I heard, but I heard they were doing a post-apocalyptic Zorro film. 
Oh yes, I had heard about that. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah. But again, you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, I, I can see why no one's ever made that because it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. You used to go, oh, that sounds. Um, yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't watch that. Like, why on um, earth would you like? What What would make you think like? Like, what's the good thing about Zorro? Uh, well, everything you know. But like, I like Zorro, but I hate the setting. No one. Ever yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no one ever sort of says, yeah, it's really good, but yeah, does it have to be set in sort of like Southern California? So, like, well, no, um, that's sort of part and parcel. Weirdly, I just thought of something that you know, you with you, um, with that you say about the things and where you see them. I mean, I've just checked if you look at like Darkwing Duck, um, which is from the Disney, you know, obviously, it was sort of an offshoot of DuckTales, like he's clearly inspired by the shadow. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is like. He's got the purple of the phantom with the costume. Yeah. Shadow. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's things like you'd be, so, uh, I don't know if it's freakazoid um, or mm. similar where it keeps making uh, shadow references in the cartoon. And you go, <laughs> right. who, who is it marketed towards? Because it's, yeah, yeah. it's definitely not. No, no, no one knows these jokes. Like, you yeah. know, no one knows. There's, there's some eighty year old and uh, that that knows these from when they were a kid, but that's about it. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny what the way things pop up, and it's like just to make one person laugh sometimes. Yeah, the, the animator, just one yeah. animator who put that in was like, that's a good joke. But I mean, there's a there's a have you there's a Batman animated series episode. Oh, the Grey Ghost. Grey Ghost, yeah, and that's another. Yes. that's a great pulp sort of example. Yes, yeah, that, and I love that again. Adam, Adam West uh, giving yeah. his voice to the to the Grey Ghost. That's a great episode. That is, it really is. Yeah, it it, the, the, it just seems to happen every now and then. Like I say, these these sort of um, pulp characters just seem to seep through. I mean, I don't know if you've read. I think we may have mentioned it, but Planetary, uh, Warren Ellis's Planetary. I haven't read it. No, no. <clears throat> but I know that that that's. I mean, firstly, you know, uh, regardless of his recent actions. <laughs> yeah. um, or the, the actions he's been found out about recently. Uh, that is an awesome book. Like that, that series is great, and that that alludes to all kinds of things. And like Doc Savage is clearly is in that. Um, not called Doc Savage, that they call him other things. Like you know, it's, it's a, a version yeah. of him. A bit um, like the Shadow in uh, Rocketeer. Yeah, very much so. Like him, but you know it's him. Yes, it's, it's it's the sort of it's the it's Doc Savage in, in all but express name sort of thing. Um, and it alludes to a whole bunch of other things. Like they go to Dinosaur Island, and you see sort of um, mo- sorry Monster Island, and you see the remains of like Godzilla and all this other stuff. So yeah, um, it's it's a great great series. I highly recommend it. But that's what I'm saying. Like they, these characters keep popping up because you know everyone says, oh yeah, Superman was the first superhero. Yeah, he, he was the first comic book superhero. But you know, nothing is ever an original idea. No. And the and these guys came first, you know, the Shadow yeah. and, and Doc Savage and, and even the Phantom, Buck Rogers, um, you know, all these guys sort of came way before. Well, um, I mean, you go, you keep going back. I mean, look at people like you've got like King Arthur and Moon mm. and stuff like that. It's, you know, you go far back, you know, there's always something. Yeah, and it is. It's always, isn't it? It comes through, it always sort of moves through time and just changes. Yeah, I mean, like Hercules. Yeah, like yeah, Jason really the Argonauts, the original Avengers, mm. and they <laughs> probably weren't even original. No, these things of myth. Um, yeah, you say like, yeah, Hercules. Um, 
you know, his, was it the 12 um, yeah, trials? The trials of Hercules. It's, I mean, yeah. Every that's I mean that's all superheroes are, aren't they? Now, like it's like hmm. today is God's uh, like not not in a religious sense, but in story sense. Yeah, that's it. Is it so they're mythical tales that are being told? Yeah. Um, you know, in some cases, literally about gods. Um, but yeah, and you know, I think so. It's, these ones, I think, would be worth revisiting. I'd love to see them in in you know in media in some way again, sort of live yeah. action or. And it's like um, I think there's definitely. Some, I mean, I do think you'd struggle with, say, uh, Dick Tracy. Um, yeah. Because I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's ways of doing it, but you can't. You can't leave the. You can't have Dick Tracy now. No. In a sense. Not, well, part and parcel because of the art style and everything that goes with it. Those exaggerated faces and characters yeah. almost like part and parcel of it, isn't it? So. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, you could definitely revisit things like... Uh, I mean, The Rocketeer, that's easy. Um, mm. cause it's a timeless piece, I think, in, in a way. Um, the Shadow, you, you could easily revisit these kind of properties. Yeah, the right, someone, someone much much better at writing than me could definitely turn these into <laughs> like a modern take and uh, yeah. uh, figure out a way. Especially, <clears throat> weirdly, you know, yes, we've got our superheroes, we've got the MCU and the DCEU and whatever the hell you want, but like, I just think at the moment, um, these heroes, these sort of pulp heroes, almost seem like the right kind of heroes to come up at this time. Yeah. You know, um, and like you say, if you were to revisit the, 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 the Phantom, like, yeah, surely, like, you would, you would make him a black guy, like, it just makes total sense, like, yeah. why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, because um, I'm sure... I'm sure in the books, wasn't he from Africa in the books? Yeah. Yeah, so it is like, it makes so much sense. Because I, I think they did, didn't Dynamite do a, the last Phantom series? Like, they did a sort of a newer series, mm. and he was black in that. Yeah, that rings a bell, actually, yeah. Yeah. And it just makes so, sense, doesn't it? It's Yeah. Yeah, it was the first thing that puzzled me when I was watching it. I was like, "This doesn't make any sense. I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't grapple with this." Um, but yeah, there, there are ways and means of doing it. I think you know. Yeah. It, would it make money? Would it make money? I don't know. Maybe not a film, but you know, maybe they could do like a TV show or. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, a bit, a bit for each one. Like this. Mm. Something. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe but one. Matt, uh, we'll we'll round it there. But Matt, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on this retrospective. It's been I've really enjoyed going back and talking. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's been it's been fun. That's been great. So before we go out, just to, to give a Toon Jam uh, a bit of a pop, uh, where can people find it, and where can people find you? Uh, you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher as well. I think uh, at Toon Jam pod on sort of uh, social media so we're on facebook instagram and twitter uh, but yeah toon jam uh, we talk about cartoons from all eras it's a it's a bit of fun a bit of a laugh so if you, you know if you're interested come along join the journey <laughs> and, may, and maybe some, someday soon you'll do defenders of the earth well I'll yeah, yeah i mean here. if you want to come on we can have a, a classic I would love to come on and talk about Defenders of the Earth because I say I haven't watched it in years. So, yeah, we'll sort this out then. I, I'm sure uh, 
sure Jay will love doing it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matt. And guys, we'll catch you again next time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Another fantastic episode and the rounding out of our retrospective on pulp hero movies of the 90s. Now, why don't you get in contact with us? Let us know what you think. Did we cover them all? Are there other films that we should have covered? Should we have covered Zorro? Should we have covered Steel? There's all kinds of stuff that uh, we're rooting around in the 90s. We maybe should have talked about, but let us know. Get in contact. You can find us on Twitter at Twentieth Century Geek or on Instagram or Facebook. Just on both of those and look for Twentieth Century Geek. And we'd really appreciate it if also you, if you like the show, leave us a review, five star, four star, whatever it is. Just leave a review and let us know what you thought on your podcast catcher. Greatly appreciated. More than that, if you really like the show, this is an independent podcast, and you know we've got to keep the lights on in Twentieth Century Towers. We have got a Patreon page. If you ha- like to show and su- show your support, check out Patreon. And again, look for 20th Century Geek Podcast. And we're on there. We've got several tiers. Uh, from tiers one all the way up, you will get to listen to a monthly additional podcast. It's usually just going to be me. Might bring others on. But it's called 30 Minute Thoughts. And it's just 30 minutes thinking about a specific topic. Uh, could be anything from a comic, from a book, a movie, an entire genre. Could be anything. Could be an historical event. Second tier, not only gets to listen to it, gets to vote on what the topic is for that month. Uh, the first one was uh, the first one was the first issue of Sandman. The second one has been Jaws. Now, the third tier above all that, not only do they get to listen to the show, not only do they get to vote on. Uh, the monthly podcast they get to listen in and vote on a show four times a year on what i should be doing on 20th century geeks main feed that's the main uh big boy big chief if you will uh patreon tier so go check that out uh other than that thank you very much for listening i really appreciate it and uh, we'll talk again soon mm-hmm.